Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Hear Design podcast. I'm your host, Robert Yeminen, and I hope you are staying safe and sane wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, tis the season, my friends, the season for getting those CEU credits completed before year's end for many of you. And our gift to you this year is a couple of sparkling new distance learning courses that are up on our website, uh, one of which we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. Uh, so in a way, you're going to be getting the Cliff Notes version of that course uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember what Cliff Notes are. And we will be able to breeze through it thanks to our guest today. So joining me on the podcast is our very dear friend, Jane Rohde of JSR Associates. Uh, Jane, it's always good to see you and chat with you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Robert. It's always good to see you too. And I think everyone's kind of thinking the close out of 2020 may not be a bad thing yeah. <laughs> as for all moving forward. Absolutely. So, I was just, yes. just going to say, are you ready for 2021? I think everybody is. Everybody is. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any exceptions to that for sure. Well, we are here to talk about uh, the latest CEU you put together with the Resilient Floor Covering Institute. And um, I was hoping we could just kind of kick things off by giving our listeners a bit of background. So for starters, like why did you feel it was important to complete a CEU program on resilient flooring specifically? Thank you for that. Yes. Um, so we've evaluated uh, where different materials and how materials have been doing in, in the various, I work in healthcare, as you know, and senior living. However, in all different areas, when we look at uh, whether it's flooring or upholstery or whatever the materials are, we've really realized that a lot of the younger designers are no longer being taught material science in a lot of their courses on the university level. Hmm. And so, and I realized this from talking also to my designers about when I was in, in school for architecture school at Virginia Tech, we focused on architecture and design and critical thinking and alternative thinking and all that type of thing in terms of being able to do things. However, the the now when you look at the architecture interior design programs, half of their content in their schooling is based on technology. Because in order to get out of school, you have to be, you know, somewhat familiar uh, with Revit, very familiar with AutoCAD or SketchUp or whatever other programs you're using, and they're constantly evolving. So that creates another process in terms of understanding. But that that splits their time away from other educational information and background. So one thing that we discovered was that as a result, material science wasn't being taught as frequently. Some schools still do, but others just... It, kind of got cut from the program. And so one of the things that we realized in that is that sustainability was being taught from an environmental perspective often, but not necessarily the flip side of performance and that performance and sustainability match together. And that they're they're not mutually exclusive, they should be completely integrated, right? So yeah. for performance yeah. and sustainability. So out of the conversation, uh, we were talking with the Technical Advisory Committee for RFCI and I said, well, why don't we evaluate evaluate what people need to know. So when we started working on the CEU program, we talked about transparency and materiality, how things are constructed and where do materials come from. Mm -hmm. So in that, uh, it, it took us down more of a rabbit hole in some ways than I would have anticipated because I now know a lot more about cork resilient flooring than I ever thought I would know. Right. Um, rubber flooring in terms of where rubber comes from and how it's how it's brought to production. Uh, and I had four different manufacturers we worked with to talk through that. And of course, four different opinions about where that how that should work, right? So, but it was wonderful because we had this great rich conversations that allowed me to ask questions and to learn more. 
And as a designer who's been in, in, in business for a long time, I thought I should know more of this. I was surprised how much I learned as well as what I wanted to express and help other people learn. So we divided all the different segments. So we have a structure for each segment that works around everything from solid vinyl tile. It talks about production, how production is completed. Uh, and I've been to numerous plants over the years, and I'm fortunate in that. And I don't know that younger designers have that opportunity to go through plants and see how things are actually produced and then having the materiality conversations for example so uh, in terms of like where vinyl comes from and that it's it's salt that is mined that is part of the process and that's how you start the polarization processes by having salt as a main ingredient and I think that people don't understand where salt comes from it comes out of a mound and the mound is actually uses heat hot water as extraction methods for bringing salts and mining salt so to speak and so that's why a lot of the, the PVC manufacturing is in certain locations in the country, because that's where they happen to have these salt mounds that are then mined. So I think that kind of information just helps people give it context and then looking at the materiality and then understanding the advantages of certain products, how it how it's installed. Um, so that became a big part of our conversations is the performance and how do you get the performance out of a product and what do you have to do for the preparation in order for that to occur? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting that you say that it's how much, you know, you learn during this process, because I mean, first people that think, oh, well, I know all about this uh, product category, you know, like there's so much to learn, even from somebody that's been in the industry, you know, for a while, but there's plenty to learn still. So that that's really great. Yeah. And, and you mentioned um, materiality, transparency. Um, can you talk a little bit about what some of the critical components are in relationship to those two? Sure. So when, when we think about transparency, I always think that, yes, you want to know what's in a product, right? And, that, and that's been evaluated through things like the Declare Label, you know, health product declarations. We're looking at a new uh, exposure risk assessment that ASTM has actually assembled that I think is going to give us some good methodology about uh, materiality and transparency. But I also think it's transparency from the perspective of just understanding where does it come from? You know, so you have synthetic rubber and you have natural rubber. Some products do still use natural rubber. But I think most people and most designers I've spoken to, they actually think that it all comes from a tree. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, and so and a lot of that changed during World War II because all the access to rubber tree plants were in some of the enemy territory. So therefore, that was cut off in terms of being able to resource it. So then synthetics became part of the conversation of how do we develop these products. Products. And they were needed in marine industry, the same with uh, vinyl products uh, were needed in that industry in terms of some of the some of the background. And so I think it helps to understand some of the history and then it understands to understand the process of how materiality is is conducted in terms of how it how do you uh, identify components and ingredients and how are they made. You know, so so it kind of takes just the listing of the label and it gives it more about, well, where does that come from? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that that was really important. Uh, we also include linoleum is also in, in that grouping. And so I learned a lot about uh, what the production side of that is, which is much different. And then cork is a fascinating material because it comes from trees that regenerate themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's all in the Mediterranean area in terms of that. And so we had some assistance in understanding where does it come from? Where are the locations? And what are the the key components and and ingredients that go into 
to just that part of it. And then what's the structure? So every structure for every product is slightly different and it has commonalities, but then the other part of it is it's that that structure then may lead to a different performance outcome. So you may select a sheet vinyl, for example, instead of a luxury vinyl tile, for example, simply because of where you're using it. You know, and, and in healthcare, we find more sheet, whereas in long-term care and senior living, we find a lot of LVT, particularly because of the lovely aesthetic, mm-hmm. because it, it does give you that residential feel, but it has the durability that we need at the same time. Right. Uh, so, so that's been, it's been fascinating. And, and who would have known? I would never have guessed. I thought basics are basics and it's not true actually. So I think anybody could benefit from listening and, and reading the CEU program yeah. uh, because I think it would give you, uh, if nothing else, a refresher, but then you may learn a few things too uh, along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to give too much away from the CEU, but there's so much uh, information in there, like you said, uh, about the whole process. But can you talk a little bit about the advantages of, of uh, resilient flooring um, and maybe some of the installation challenges, things like that, that people um, might run into? Yeah, we worked with uh, John McGrath at Install, who's who's a great, they, they have a whole setup in terms of training and apprentice programs and all that kind of thing. And, and I met him actually through a Design Connections conference with oh, cool. Interior Sources. And, and so I reached out to him and I said, a lot of the manufacturers don't have as much in the installation photo side, whereas he has like, how do you put it together? So we've included some of his videos to show you how you actually install things, how you cut different things. But one thing that everybody agreed on, and, and this was across the board, no matter what the product or the manufacturer or the type of material, was that the subfloor is key. So there's two uh, moisture type tests that you can do that we go over in the CEU. And some actually recommended doing both because they're slightly different and they measure things a little bit differently in terms of moisture and humidity. And I thought it was really fascinating because the subfloor can translate anything that's an imperfection below, right? So through any kind of flooring, that's a resilient product. And so they talked about moisture a lot. We have a lot of information about how to make sure everything's flash patched and smooth and and how to go about the project conditions in terms of whether it's a concrete subfloor, typically in commercial would be a concrete subfloor. And, And so we kind of went through a little bit more detail that can help also with specifications. So I had asked John about a specification and he said, I said, you mentioned this when we had talked before that you have kind of a template that people could follow. And so he now has put that on his website for us. So, so now we have another resource that we can use as well as uh, it's referenced in the, in the program, but as well as people understanding that, Oh, and by the way, if you don't evaluate your subcontractors and your general contractors, we always recommend having a pre-con meeting before you do any finishes at the very beginning of the project, as well as before you install any finishes. And uh, he also talked about making sure and vetting who the subcontractors are. So depending on the product type, so linoleum has a couple of things that you have to be very careful with in terms of memory roll and getting that memory roll broken before the memory part broken before you can install it correctly. Right. And uh, so that was really good information because if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know to look for somebody and talk to the general contractor and say, hey, for your subcontractor, this is the flooring we're specifying. We want to make sure that this is going to be installed correctly. Do you have someone who has experience with this flooring type? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really, really good information in, in terms of understanding what we were calling project conditions. Yeah, and you could see that um, without addressing the memory roll situation might lead to product failure in the field, right. I would imagine. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really what we're trying to avoid, obviously, is is this whole process of unintended consequences and product failure due to either the subfloor, the adhesive, the installation or the moisture. And and people are funny because, you know, when a product project is finished, people are like, yeah, they always point to the floor when there's a problem. But it's usually something way before the floor got installed. Yeah. Uh, and so so dealing with some of those issues and, and really being on it during the subfloor prep, as well as understanding the adhesives and the conditions conditions and the moisture and the humidity, that's how you're going to get the best installation. And, and you want to make sure you spec the right product for the right application. You know, like mm -hmm. if, if you're doing something in healthcare, you're most likely going to do sheet so you can seam it and you can do a contiguous base if you want to, um, so that you provide more of an envelope for the floor and the cleanability and the disinfection that's required uh, versus if you're working in a, in a residential setting where you may have, you know, LVT in a kitchen or something like that, you would have different project conditions. So I think that that uh, making sure that the applicable product goes in the right place is really important. Definitely. Yeah. And the, I know the CEU is just packed with a, a lot of great information and resources, but um, also with the, the Resilient Floor Covering Institute. So for people that maybe not may not be as familiar with them, um, you know, what's what's happening there? What's next with uh, RFCI? Um, can you talk a little bit about your relationship uh, with them? Yes, I've been working with their technical advisory committee uh, for the last year, and I've really enjoyed working with them. But I also realized from some of my design colleagues that they don't necessarily know very much about the Institute and that there are resources there. So we aligned the CEU to align with some of the information that's also on the website. Um, and that's rfci.com is the website for that. But they also have a new initiative called Beautifully Responsible. And I think that this initiative is it was crafted by the Shelton Group. And I think that the consumer, it's more for the consumer side, but it has such a beautiful aesthetic and a beautiful design approach to the website and how it's utilized. And they still talk about sustainability. So another good introduction would be to look up Beautifully Responsible, which, it, which is a microsite that's mm -hmm. uh, you know connected to RFCI, but it's a microsite. And it is a consumer design focused website on resilient flooring materials. So it explains about what they are and things like that, but it also gives you all of the RFCI members and their connections too. So if you go through, you can click on their companies and, and know more about them and you can find product easier. Um, so I think it's really a, a good opportunity for people to be able to check it out. And, and it's just aesthetically, you know, when something comes together and it's just aesthetically beautiful because we are designers after all, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it just came out so lovely with all the information we needed and uh, the imaging that they used and things like that is really quality. So I think that that's going to, you're going to see more on social media about resilient flooring because the as a trade association in the past it was done more from a technical perspective and now we're looking at other things like education and transparency and all these other pieces and parts uh, in terms of what we're doing and we're planning a second ceu for okay. 2021 um, that's going to be around sustainability performance and multiple attribute selections of product so we're excited about that too because that's going to be um, some interviews and some other things that we're going to try to put together to add a little bit of spice to it Nice. I love it. I'm looking forward to seeing that one as well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, there's so much good information there, Jane, and uh, I know our listeners will appreciate the crash course on this uh, upcoming CEU as well. Uh, for our listeners out there, if you want to read uh, Jane's latest CEU titled Resilient Flooring and Materiality, Transparency, Products, Service Life, and Performance, you can head over to our website at interiorsandsources.com slash resources slash CEUs, and that's plural CEUs, and you'll find uh, that course near the top of the list. 
Jane, it's always such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. You too, Robert. I hope you have a great holiday and we get a little bit of a break and then yay, go 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, happy holidays to you. And yes, next year we are all looking forward to good things. So, well, from everyone here at Interiors and Sources, I wish all of you a very healthy, uh, happy and blessed holiday season and happy new year and be well, everyone.